Act Five of the Second Part of Tamburlaine the Great by Christopher Marlowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Narrator, read for LibriVox by Tina Nuzzi. Act Five, Scene One. Enter the Governor of Babylon, Maximus, and others upon the walls. What saith Maximus? My lord. The breach the enemy hath made gives such assurance of our overthrow that little hope is left to save our lives or hold the city from the conqueror's hands. Then hang out flags, my lord, of humble truce, and satisfy the people's general prayers that Tamburlaine's intolerable wrath may be suppressed by our submission. Villain, respect'st thou more thy slavish life than honour of thy country or thy name? Is not my life and state as dear to me, the city and my native country's weal, as anything of price with thy conceit? Have we not hope for all our battered walls to live secure and keep his forces out when this our famous lake of Limnasphaltis makes walls afresh with everything that falls into the liquid substance of his stream, more strong than are the gates of death or hell? What faintness should dismay our courages when we are thus defenced against our foe and have no terror but his threatening looks? Enter above a citizen who kneels to the governor. My lord, if ever you did deed of ruth, and now will work a refuge to our lives, offer submission hang up flags of truce that tamburlaine may pity our distress and use us like a loving conqueror though this beheld his last day's dreadful siege wherein he spareth neither man nor child yet are there christians of georgia here whose state he ever pitied and relieved will get his pardon if your grace would send how is my soul environed and this eternized city babylon filled with a pack of faint-heart fugitives that thus entreat their shame and servitude enter above a second citizen my lord if ever you will win our hearts yield up the town and save our wives and children for i will cast myself from off these walls or die some death of quickest violence before i bide the wrath of tamburlaine villains cowards traitors to our state fall to the earth and pierce the pit of hell that legions of tormenting spirits may vex your slavish bosoms with continual pains i care not nor the town will never yield as long as any life is in my breast enter theridamus and tichelles with soldiers thou desperate governor of babylon to save thy life and us a little labour yield speedily the city to our hands or else be sure thou shalt be forced with pains more exquisite than ever traitor felt tyrant i turn the traitor in thy throat and will defend it in despite of thee call up the soldiers to defend these walls 
Yield, foolish governor, we offer more than ever yet we did to such proud slaves as durst resist us till our third day's siege. Thou seest pressed to get the last assault, and that shall bide no more regard of parley. Assault and spare not, we will never yield. Alarms, and they scale the walls. Enter Tamburlaine, drawn in his chariot as before, by the kings of Trebizon and Soria, Amyrus, Celebinus, Usum Cassane, Orcanes, king of Natolia, and the king of Jerusalem, led by soldiers and others. The stately buildings of fair Babylon, whose lofty pillars, higher than the clouds, were wont to guide the seamen in the deep, being carried thither by the cannon's force, now fill the mouth of Limnasphaltis Lake, and make a bridge unto the battered walls, where Belus, Ninus, and great Alexander have rode in triumph, triumph's Tamburlaine, whose chariot wheels have burst the Assyrian's bones, drawn with these kings on heaps of carcasses. Now in the place where fair Semiramis, courted by kings and peers of Asia, hath trod the measures, do my soldiers march. And in the streets where brave Assyrian dames have ridden pomp like rich Saturnia, with furious words and frowning visages, my horsemen brandish their unruly blades. Re-enter Theridamus and Ticheles, bringing in the governor of Babylon. Who have ye there, my lords? the sturdy governor of Babylon, that made us all the labour of the town, and used such slender reckoning of your majesty. Go, bind the villain. He shall hang in chains upon the ruins of this conquered town. Sirrah, the view of our vermilion tents, which threatened more than if the region next underneath the element of fire were full of comets and of blazing stars whose flaming trains should reach down to the earth, could not affright you. No, nor I myself, the wrathful messenger of mighty Jove, that with his sword hath quailed all earthly kings, could not persuade you to submission, but still the ports were shut. Villain, I say, should I but touch the rusty gates of hell, the triple-headed Cerberus would howl and make black Jove to crouch and kneel to me. But I have sent volleys of shot to you, yet could not enter till the breach was made. Nor if my body could have stopped the breach, shouldst thou have entered, cruel Tamburlaine. Tis not thy bloody tents can make me yield, nor yet thyself, the anger of the highest. For though thy cannon shook the city walls, my heart did never quake or courage faint. Well, now I'll make it quake. Go, draw him up, hang him in chains upon the city walls, and let my soldiers shoot the slave to death. Oh, vile monster, born of some infernal hag, and sent from hell to tyrannize on earth. Do all thy worst, nor death, nor tamburlaine, torture or pain can daunt my dreadless mind. Up with him, then. His body shall be scared. But, Tamburlaine, 
in Limnasvaltis lake there lies more gold than babylon is worth which when the city was besieged i hid save but my life and i will give it thee then for all your valour you would save your life whereabout lies it under a hollow bank right opposite against the western gate of babylon go thither some of you and take his gold exeunt some attendants the rest forward with execution away with him hence let him speak no more i think i make your courage something quail exeunt attendants with the governor of babylon when this is done we'll march from babylon and make our greatest haste to persia these jades are broken-winded and half-tired unharness them and let me have fresh horse attendants unharness the kings of trebizon and soria so now their best is done to honour me take them and hang them both up presently vile tyrant barbarous bloody tamburlaine take them away theridamus see them despatched i will my lord exit with the kings of trebizond and soria come asian viceroys to your tasks awhile and take such fortune as your fellows felt first let thy city and horse tear both our limbs rather than we should draw thy chariot and like base slaves abject our princely minds to vile and ignominious servitude rather lend me thy weapon tamburlaine that i may sheath it in this breast of mine a thousand deaths could not torment our hearts more than the thought of this doth vex our souls they will talk still my lord if you do not bridle them bridle them and let me to my coach attendants bridle orcanes king of natolia and the king of jerusalem and harness them to the chariot the governor of babylon appears hanging in chains on the walls re-enter theridamus see now my lord how brave the captain hangs tis brave indeed my boy well done shoot first my lord and then the rest shall follow then have at him to begin with all theridamus shoots at the governor <sighs> yet save my life and let this wound appease the mortal fury of great tamburlaine no though as faultest lake were liquid gold and offered me as ransom for thy life yet shouldst thou die shoot at him all at once they shoot so now he hangs like Baghdad's governor, having as many bullets in his flesh as there be breaches in her battered wall. Go now, and bind the burghers hand and foot, and cast them headlong in the city's lake. Tartars and Persians shall inhabit there. And to command the city I will build a citadel, that all Africa, which hath been subject to the Persian king, shall pay me tribute for in Babylon." What shall be done with their wives and children, my lord? To Chelles, drown them all, man, woman, and child. Leave not a Babylonian in the town. I will about it straight. Come, soldiers. Exit with soldiers. 
Now, Cassane, where's the Turkish Alcoran, and all the heaps of superstitious books found in the temples of that Mahomet, whom I have thought a god? They shall be burnt. Here they are, my lord. Well said. Let there be a fire presently. They light a fire. In vain, I see, men worship Mahomet. My sword hath sent millions of Turks to hell, slew all his priests, his kinsmen, and his friends, and yet I live untouched by Mahomet. There is a god, full of revenging wrath, from whom the thunder and the lightning breaks, whose scourge I am, and him will I obey. So, Cassane, fling them in the fire. They burn the books. Now, Mahomet, if thou have any power, come down thyself and work a miracle. Thou art not worthy to be worshipped, that sufferest flames of fire to burn the writ wherein the sum of thy religion rests. Why send'st thou not a furious whirlwind down to blow thy Alcoran up to thy throne, where men report thou sitst by God himself, or vengeance on the head of Tamburlaine that shakes his sword against thy majesty and spurns the abstracts of thy foolish laws? Well, soldiers, Mahomet remains in hell. He cannot hear the voice of Tamburlaine. Seek out another godhead to adore, the god that sits in heaven, if any god, for he is god alone, and none but he. Re-enter Tecelles. I have fulfilled your highness's will, my lord. Thousands of men drowned in Asphaltus's lake have made the water swell above the banks, and fishes fed by human carcasses amazed swim up and down upon the waves as when they swallow asafetida, which makes them fleet aloft and gape for air. Well then, my friendly lords, what now remains but that we leave sufficient garrison and presently depart to Persia to triumph after all our victories? Ay, good my lord, let us in haste to Persia, and let this captain be remove the walls to some high cliff about the city here. Let it be so, about it, soldiers. But stay, I feel myself distempered suddenly. What is it dares distemper Tamburlaine? something to Chelles, but i know not what but forth ye vassals whatsoever it be sickness or death can never conquer me excellent end of scene one act five scene two enter calapine king of amasia a captain and train with drums and trumpets king of amasia now our mighty host marcheth in asia major where the streams of Euphrates and Tigris swiftly run. And here may we behold great Babylon, circled about with Limnus Faltz's lake, where Tamburlaine with all his army lies, which being faint and weary with the siege, we may lie ready to encounter him, before his host be full from Babylon, and so revenge our latest grievous loss, if God or Mahomet send any aid. Doubt not, my lord, but we shall conquer him, the monster that hath drunk a sea of blood, and yet keeps still for more to quench his thirst, our Turkish swords shall headlong send to hell. 
and that vile carcass drawn by warlike kings the fowl shall eat for never sepulchre shall grace this base-born tyrant tamburlaine when i record my parents slavish life their cruel death mine own captivity my viceroy's bondage under tamburlaine methinks i could sustain a thousand deaths to be revenged of all his villainy ah sacred mahomet thou that hast seen millions of turks perish by tamburlaine kingdoms made waste brave cities sacked and burnt and but one host is left to honour thee aid thy obedient servant calipine and make him after all these overthrows to triumph over cursed tamburlaine fear not my lord i see great mahomet clothed in purple clouds and on his head a chaplet brighter than apollo's crown marching about the air with armoured men to join with you against this tamburlaine renowned general mighty calipine though god himself and holy mahomet should come in person to resist your power yet might your mighty host encounter all and pull proud tamburlaine upon his knees to sue for mercy at your highness's feet captain the force of tamburlaine is great his fortune greater and the victories wherewith he hath so sore dismayed the world are greatest to discourage all our drifts yet when the pride of cynthia is at full she wanes again and so shall his i hope for we have here the chief selected men of twenty several kingdoms at the least nor ploughman priest nor merchant stays at home all turkey is in arms with calvin and never will we sunder camps in arms before himself or his be conquered this is the time that must eternize me for conquering the tyrant of the world come soldiers let us lie in wait for him and if we find him absent from his camp or that it be rejoined again at full assail it and be sure of victory excellent end of scene two act five scene three enter theridamus techelles and dusum cassane weep heavens and vanish into liquid tears fall stars that govern his nativity and summon up all the shining lamps of heaven to cast their bootless fires to the earth and shed their feeble influence in the air muffle your beauties with eternal clouds for hell and darkness pitch their pitchy tents and death with armies of cimmerian spirits gives battle gainst the heart of tamburlaine now in defiance of that wanted love your sacred virtues poured upon his throne and made his state an honour to the heavens these cowards invisibly assail his soul and threaten conquest on our sovereign but if he die your glories are disgraced earth droops and says that hell in heaven is placed o then ye powers that sway eternal seats and guide this massy substance of the earth if you retain desert of holiness as your supreme estates instruct our thoughts be not inconstant careless of your fame bear not the burden of your enemy's joys triumphing in his fall whom you advanced but as his birth life health and majesty were strangely blessed and governed by heaven so honour heaven till heaven dissolved be his birth his life his health and majesty blush heaven to lose the honour of thy name 
to see thy footstool set upon thy head, and let no baseness in thy haughty breast sustain a shame of such inexcellence, to see the devil's mountain angels' thrones, and angels dive into the pools of hell, and, though they think their painful date is out, and that their power is puissant as Jove's, which makes them manage arms against thy state, yet make them feel the strength of Tamburlaine. Thy instrument and note of majesty is greater far than they can thus subdue, for, if he die, thy glory is disgraced, earth droops, and says that hell in heaven is placed. Enter Tamburlaine, drawn in his chariot as before, by Arcanes, the king of Natolia, and the king of Jerusalem, Amyrus, Celebinus, and physicians. What daring god torments my body thus, and seeks to conquer mighty Tamburlaine? Shall sickness prove me now to be a man that hath been termed the terror of the world? To Celis and the rest, come, take your swords, and threaten him whose hand afflicts my soul. Come, let us march against the powers of heaven, and set black streamers in the firmament to signify the slaughter of the gods. Ah, friends... What shall I do? I cannot stand. Come, carry me to war against the gods that thus envy the health of Tamburlaine. Ah, oh, my good lord, leave these impatient words which add much danger to your malady. Why, shall I sit and languish in this pain? No, strike the drums, and in revenge of this, come, let us charge our spears and pierce his breast whose shoulders bear the axis of the world, that, if I perish, heaven and earth may fade. Theridamus, haste to the court of Jove, will him to send Apollo hither straight to cure me, or I'll fetch him down myself. Sit still, my gracious lord. This grief will cease and cannot last. It is so violent not last to Celli's. No, for I shall die. See where my slave, the ugly monster Death, shaking and quivering, pale and wan for fear, stands aiming at me with his murdering dart, who flies away at every glance I give, and when I look away comes stealing on. Villain! Away, and hie thee to the field. I and mine army come to load thy back with souls of thousand mangled carcasses. Look where he goes. But see, he comes again, because I stay. To Celli's, let us march, and weary death with bearing souls to hell. Pleaseth your majesty to drink this potion, which will abate the fury of your fit, and call some milder spirits govern you. Tell me what think you of my sickness now. I viewed your urine and a hypostasis, thick and obscure, doth make your danger great. Your veins are full of accidental heat, whereby the moisture of your blood is dried. The humidum and colour, which some hold is not parcel of the elements, but of a substance more divine and pure, is almost clean extinguished and dispent. 
which being the cause of life imports your death besides my lord this day is critical dangerous to those whose crisis is as yours your artiers which alongst the veins convey the lively spirits which the heart engenders are parched and void of spirit that the soul wanting those organons by which it moves cannot endure by argument of art yet if your majesty may escape this day no doubt but you shall soon recover all then will i comfort all my vital parts and live in spite of death above a day alarms within enter a messenger my lord young calipine that lately fled from your majesty hath now gathered a fresh army and hearing your absence in the field offers to set upon us presently see my physicians now how jove hath sent a present medicine to recure my pain my looks shall make them fly and might i follow there should not one of all the villains power live to give offer of another fight i joy my lord your highness is so strong that can endure so well your royal presence which only will dismay the enemy i know it will cassane draw you slaves in spite of death i will go show my face alarms exit tamburlaine with all the rest except the physicians and re-enter presently thus are the villain cowards fled for fear like summer's vapours vanished by the sun and could i but a while pursue the field that calipine should be my slave again but i perceive my martial strength is spent in vain i strive and rail against those powers that mean to invest me in a higher throne as much too high for this disdainful earth give me a map then let me see how much is left for me to conquer all the world that these my boys may finish all my wants one brings a map here i began to march towards persia along armenia and the caspian sea and thence unto bithynia where i took the turk and his great empress prisoners then marched i into egypt and arabia and here not far from alexandria whereas the terrene and the red sea meet being distant less than full a hundred leagues i meant to cut a channel to them both that men might quickly sail to india from thence to nubia near borno lake and so along the ethiopian sea cutting the tropic line of capricorn i conquered all as far as zanzibar then by the northern part of africa i came at last to grecia and from thence to asia where i stay against my will which is from Scythia, where I first began, backwards and forwards, near five thousand leagues. Look here, my boys. See what a world of ground lies westward from the midst of Cancer's line unto the rising of this earthly globe, whereas the sun, declining from our sight, begins the day with our antipodes. And shall I die, and this unconquered? Lo! here my sons are all the golden mines inestimable drugs and precious stones more worth than asia and the world beside 
and from the antarctic pole eastward behold as much more land which never was descried wherein are rocks of pearl that shine as bright as all the lamps that beautify the sky and shall i die and this unconquered here lovely boys what death forbids my life that let your lives command in spite of death alas my lord how should our bleeding hearts wounded and broken with your highness's grief retain a thought of joy or spark of life your soul gives essence to our wretched subjects whose matter is incorporate in your flesh your pains do pierce our souls no hope survives for by your life we entertain our own lives but sons this subject not of force enough to hold the fiery spirit it contains must part imparting his impressions by equal portions into both your breasts my flesh divided in your precious shapes shall still retain my spirit though i die and live in all your seeds immortally then now remove me that i may resign my place and proper title to my son first take my scourge and my imperial crown and mount my royal chariot of estate that i may see thee crowned before i die help me my lords to make my last remove they assist tamburlaine to descend from the chariot a woeful change my lord that daunts our thoughts more than the ruin of our proper souls sit up my son and let me see how well thou wilt become thy father's majesty with what a flinty bosom should i joy the breath of life and burden of my soul if not resolved into resolved pains my body's mortified lineaments should exercise the motions of my heart pierced with the joy of any dignity o oh, father if the unrelenting ears of death and hell be shut against my prayers and that the spiteful influence of heaven deny my soul fruition of her joy how should i step or stir my hateful feet against the inward powers of my heart leading a life that only strives to die and plead in vain unpleasing sovereignty let not thy love exceed thine honour son nor bar thy mind that magnanimity that nobly must admit necessity sit up my boy and with these silken reins bridle the steeled stomachs of these jades my lord you must obey his majesty since fate commands and proud necessity heavens witness me with what a broken heart mounting the chariot and damned spirit i ascend this seat and send my soul before my father die his anguish and his burning agony they crown amyrus now fetch the hearse of fair xenocrate let it be placed by this my fatal chair and serve as parcel of my funeral then feels your majesty no sovereign ease nor may our hearts all drowned in tears of blood joy any hope of your recovery Cassane no the monarch of the earth and eyeless monster that torments my soul cannot behold the tears ye shed for me and therefore still augments his cruelty then let some god oppose his holy power against the wrath and tyranny of death 
that his tear thirsty and unquenched hate may be upon himself reverberate they bring in the hearse of xenocrate now eyes enjoy your latest benefit and when my soul hath virtue of your sight pierce through the coffin and the sheet of gold and glut your longings with a heaven of joy so reign my son scourge and control those slaves guiding thy chariot with thy father's hand as precious is the charge thou undertakest as that which Clymenae's brain-sick son did guide, when wandering Phoebe's ivory cheeks were scorched, and all the earth like Etna breathing fire, be warned by him then. Learn with awful eye to sway a throne as dangerous as his. For if thy body thrive not full of thoughts as pure and fiery as Phytius beams, the nature of these proud rebelling jades will take occasion by the slenderest hair and draw thee piecemeal like hippolytus through rocks more steep and sharp than caspian cliffs the nature of thy chariot will not bear a guide of baser temper than myself more than heaven's coach the pride of phaeton farewell my boys my dearest friends farewell my body feels my soul doth weep to see your sweet desires deprived my company for tamburlaine the scourge of god must die dies meet heaven and earth and here let all things end for earth hath spent the pride of all her fruit and heaven consumed his choicest living fire let earth and heaven his timeless death deplore for both their worths will equal him no more excellent end of scene three end of act five end of the second part of tamburlaine the great by christopher marlowe